0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Motor City Metrics podcast here at TigersMLReport.com. I'm Rogelio Castillo and alongside me is Youper as we're doing an early show because of three reasons. One, the Lions are playing the Packers tonight and quite frankly, I know everybody in the city of Detroit and or the Metro Detroit and Uper, who is a Green Bay Packers fan, <laughs> the game is on at 8 o'clock. And two, the Tigers have played or a, tr- a rare twin doubleheader. And um, just now, just right now, actually just as a few minutes ago, Spencer Strickleson hit his 30th home run of the season. And he becomes the first homegrown Tiger to hit 30 home runs since Curtis Anderson in 2008, I believe it was. And he was the first Tigers homegrown first, homegrown first baseman. To hit three home runs as Tony worked did in 1999. So that comes on. The Tigers right now are up seven to three in the top of the eighth inning right now, taking advantage of a really crappy bullpen.
1: <laughs>
0: and it's the Royals. They've, they're heading to, they're in the bottom of the AL Central for a reason. That's just a, that's a bad watch. So uh, plenty to get to, though. Uh, I did manage to catch up with the Tigers a little bit. Last, Few days, I've been in Erie, Pennsylvania, as the Seawolves won their first ever Eastern League title, taking care of Binghamton 10 to nothing. And oh. the Seawolves bats came alive. And we'll, we'll talk about Erie here shortly. But the, it, was a, it was one of those experiences that as a reporter slash whatever the hell you want to put my title under, <laughs> it was a, uh, it was an awesome experience to get to rush to field. And, and what happened, too, was I dropped my phone. It was almost a, a, mum, a bum rush of people that were coming towards onto the field, but uh, yeah, I got covered in champagne a little bit. But uh, <laughs> shout out to the Gregs, Greg Coleman, Greg Gagne, for doing a fantastic job. They actually covered my expenses on Tuesday as a, as a thank you. And wow, thank you to them. Uh, it was, it was wow. been a great season to cover. Uh, There's an article I just posted. You can find it over at Tigers. i report about the Seawolves and player development and some of the numbers that go into who has improved the most. So for example, uh, sorry, Gibson long who pitched today, pitched a beauty today, his strikeout rate jumped mm-hmm. over 7% from last year Uber. So that bodes That's- well for what the Tigers are doing overall in terms of developing pitching. I saw that Scott Harris today or Scott Harris did that interview with Johnny Kane.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about Jeff Greenberg, the new Tigers GM. I'm just, I it took, part of the morning to... I didn't get in from Erie last night until 2 in the morning, so I've been playing catch-up. Sure. And I did catch a little bit of the press conference. That was one I had a chance to cover, but that, I went to Erie instead. But I'll be down there this weekend to cover the Tigers. Last home stand for Miguel Cabrera. So, but... Uh, yeah, Yuper, what's been going on,
1: man? Well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, it's always a little melancholy the last week of the season when you know the playoffs aren't uh, impending for us. <laughs> so... Um, it, it's it's good to watch those last few games, uh, get that last uh, taste of baseball before uh, w- winter starts bearing down on us. Uh, but it was really cool last night to potentially see Miguel Cabrera's last home run. Uh, we don't know. He might he might knock another one or two this weekend. It's very possible. But if that was uh, number 511 to tie a melt lot uh, is, is a pretty cool number um, because for whatever reason... Mel Ott, that number, you know, Mel Ott, kind of a short, strange name. 511 is kind of a memorable number. I could have told you that number for years now, Mel Ott 511. To see Miguel tie him, that will be uh, kind of cool and very easy to remember for me as well. Uh, but he really, it was a classic Miguel Cabrera homer, uh, long way to the opposite field. Uh, didn't know he had that left in him, to be honest with you, that kind of power. Uh, but he s- sat on that first pitch fastball and he crushed it and that was pretty cool. Um, You know, it's it's nice. The Tigers look like they're going to win today, this last game. Uh, They're going to sweep the series. Uh, You know, the Royals came in pretty hot. They'd won 9 out of 10, and they were on a six-game winning streak. They were playing spoiler against the Astros. I don't know if it was a little bit of a letdown to come into Detroit uh, and play some games that didn't have much meaning after, uh, you know, having some fun against uh, Houston. Yeah, there's a –
0: that was – the thing with the the Royals, too, is – you try to find things to highlight when you're talking about the other teams, too. It's just kind of a kind of a, what, what what to talk about with the Royals. And we could talk about yeah. the idea, like, for example, Cleveland coming to town last night when I was driving through Cleveland. They had a lot of thank you, Tito, because Terry Francona oh. is going to call it a year. He's going to be retired. She's going to be retiring after the season. Yep. So you're looking for things to talk about the Royals. and It's just. Yeah, that's. Exactly, you just mentioned Uper. That's that's really about it. They, I mean, their Bobby Wood Junior season's pretty, pretty cool. But I mean, yep. then it's overshadowed with Ronald Acuna becoming the first player to hit 40 home runs and steal 70, ba- 70 bases.
1: Oh. 70. Really amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Even with the new rules, people talk about the new rules. So what? I mean, it's still 40 and 70. That's uh, that's pretty good. No matter how you slice it, no matter what rules they're playing under.
0: Yeah. I mean, Bobby Witt Jr. has had a pretty good, in terms of like in terms of season wise, he's got, he's just by the way he's one home run from having a thirty home run, fifty steal season. Or I'm yep. sorry, two, he needs two steals to get to fifty stolen bases, and he's got one. He needs one home run to get to thirty. That's a pretty cool accomplishment too.
1: Oh no so, question. Yeah,
0: but uh, oh. no, I agree with Christopher here on our YouTube chat. He says kind of a pass between the Cabrera, the Torkelson. Absolutely, there's a lot of there's a lot of symbolism behind that too so but yeah they as far as today with sort of Gibson long I just want to get to this impressive uh, he again I know people are like well look who he faced and, and blah 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 it's the quality of the pitching here in terms of what he's been able to do since he got called up 20 innings 26 strikeouts an ERA of 2.70 but if you look at his baseball savant today it, it's like just chef's kiss stuff here, Youper. I mean, th- sure. this is a guy who, again, his K per rate went from 22% last year. Actually, let me make sure I got that. Uh, let me make sure I have that right. But his K rate, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it was jumped up almost 8% last year to 8% this year. Points, yeah, 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 12 swings and misses today. But looking at, I'm gonna, we're gonna, you know what. We, we, we need to do this more often. I like to do like a player breakdown as we do with these podcasts uh, in the off season and kind of look at what, what works for a guy, what doesn't work. And here's, here's what he did today. Let me just want to present this. Cause uh, that way in terms of even like his, he didn't throw his cutter at all. That's what he's known for.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he did not throw his cutter today and check this out. Youper. It's a, it's a thing of beauty here. All right, look, look at this. Like just fat. It's call, called strikes and whiffs. Look at that. Just. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Change up slider fastball fastball top of the zone doing a good job of keeping, keeping them off balance. And so, I mean, if you look at it from a standpoint of. He
2: you doesn't know, have
0: a lot. He doesn't have like a lot of ve- the, the velocity. You know what I mean? He's like, he's not just he's not a guy throwing like 99. I mean, but he has the, 95 though. Doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But still, I mean, like I was saying, average around 93, but to get those kind of, like, that's that's
1: good command. That's good sequencing right there. And so just oh, to right. give a lot of props on that. You know, here's the thing. People talk about who he's faced, and I don't think there's – there's a few people I've seen that too. He can't control that, number one. Right. <laughs> and number two, the, the way to think about it is, fine, he's facing a couple of weak clubs. You should shut down weak clubs, and he did. Uh, so that's actually a positive, you know um so he, he's he's looked very good and uh as you mentioned the control as um and the sequencing has been exquisite it's been great uh he certainly will have every opportunity to gain a spot i would think in spring training next year and the good news is with the guys that got coming back i think there's gonna actually be a pretty good dog fight for a lot of those spots
0: yeah and we'll get that's where we'll get to erie here in a second because that's where the, those spots come in handy but here's what I was talking about, Hooper. Top of the zone fastball, sets it up with a changeup, mm-hmm. sinker and slider right there. That is exactly what you want to do. You can it, it's, it's basically showing that hey, velocity's good, but if you can get your command of the fastball, you'll just it, the idea is just throwing the hitters off balance. And that's yep. all it is. And you saw that like he he was he topped out at 95, but it was averaging around 93. So there you go. And having that fastball command and having the location up there, mm-hmm. it's impressive. It really is.
1: Well, and this, the the steadiness, the inning-to-inning inning steadiness that we've seen has been really cool. Uh He just didn't have even one really bad inning. I mean, he gave up two on Dinger, but that's a lot. I mean, that's a home run. That happens one string of the bat. You know, there were no long rallies against that kid in any of these starts. Yeah, no,
0: and that's and that's where I mean, even like a guy like Miguel Diaz comes into play. Miguel Diaz also is another pitcher who had an increase in strikeout rate from last year, and this is another example. And I think we talked about this last week that ERA, when you look at the box scores down in Toledo, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You have to look a little deeper. Yeah, and that he has been listening to instruction and, and those things. And that comes into play with Seawolves, by the way, the Seawolves, this, the Seawolves, in terms of pitching, I, I said it on the minor league podcast and I said it out loud to the mountains, get high as, as possible. <laughs> Their pitching was going to be the, the key thing that's going to help them win this world series because they lost justice Bigby. They lost yep. Cole Keith to, 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 to Toledo. That happens. Promotions happen. So how you adjust to that. Well, Andrew Magno, we have a bullpen that you have three guys who could probably, I honestly believe this, could potentially you could see in the major leagues next year in Blake Holub, Andrew Magno and Tyler Madison, Madison,
1: hmm.
0: Madison looked filthy four innings, excuse me. So he struck out seven, four innings, and they didn't even have a chance. Just everything top of the zone. And the way he goes over the top like that, just it just really same thing. His his K per, uh, percentage went from 32% last year to 37.90 Uber 37% wow. of the batters he faced. He struck out. <laughs> that's unheard of. That's, that's just insane. That,
1: that gets you a look from the big club. Yeah. And with Magno,
0: <laughs> yeah. And with Magno too, Magno's got two different types of curveballs. He can, he can really locate it. And, and his command has been granted a little off, but in the postseason, between those three, they combined for it was just the, essentially they allowed I remember. Oh, allowed two hits and two walks over nine scoreless innings.
1: Mm.
0: And this is overcoming a start where on, on game one, the Tigers, the Seawolves started Wilmer Flores, who hasn't started a game since his West Michigan. Sure. And that was a decision that came from the organization. And Lyle Locker, who hadn't pitched since September 13th, did a really good job stepping in, in the bullpen
2: and getting that, it done. Yeah.
0: yeah, he did a really good job of keeping the Rumble Ponies, still think it's a weird name, Rumble <laughs> Ponies uh, <laughs> off the board, except for Drew, Gil- Drew Gilbert had a really good series, but on, on Wednesday he just got shut down. It was manhandled by the Seawolves overall. But this is where we we're talking about pitching-wise. Brad Hurdler had not allowed a single run since August 18th, so he had a span of 30 scoreless innings, and he was masterful, just using doing the same thing that Gibson Long did, up on the zone, down in mm-hmm. the zone. Had a slider working really well. It was, it was change up, a fastball effectively in counts. He got down a little bit early on, but after the second inning, he was on cruise control. And that's a guy that you have to ask yourself where where does he fit into the Tigers' plans next year?
1: Right. Well, you know it's it's going to be an interesting off season because. With some of those guys developing, and they're in double-A, if they're getting a lot of outs in double-A, I mean, there's a good chance at some point next year they're able to get outs in the big leagues, right? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. If there's a market out there this winter for, say, a Jason Foley that there was uh, for Soto last year, for instance, and do they make a move like that, and Joe Jimenez. So all those names that you got to uh, rattle off down there at Erie, that depth will play until what happens this winter.
0: Yeah. And that's where they can trade. This is where they can use their pitching development a little bit to perhaps trade for a bat. This is where Mm -hmm. they can probably do that. They can maybe you see with, for example, Flores getting the start on the first game. Maybe they decided to trade one with Flores because they like the development of, of Hurdler or even Lyle Lockhart and the significant progress they made. They also have to figure out exactly what they they have to make some rule five decisions. And we'll, there'll be more of a breakdown of that later on. We'll probably sure. be doing podcasts about that. And so the Tigers have to really question or really not question, but really have to sit and look at some players, whether they're not, okay, they're going to fit in the rotation, a, or B, are they going to fit in the bullpen and they have some, guys who are on the like you might have may have seen their last days here in a Tigers uniforming the emergence of I mean Gage workman didn't really he had a home run Wednesday is he gonna fit in the plans but getting back to the pitching side of things I I think it, you got Jaden Ham was gonna be down in Lakeland this year. He, he could start the season in West Michigan but the reason why you see some of the arms in the Arizona Fall League like Dylan Smith like Jackson job like RJ Pettit, is they're gonna figure out exactly what they're I mean, with Jackson Job is simple, just getting innings against some really high quality talent. Right. Smith, same thing. Smith's been banged up all year. So do you make him a reliever? Do you continue to see because you expect Smith to be in Erie next year, along with guys like Carlos Peña or Will Killer Hernandez? Are they gonna how they're gonna fit into that Seawolves rotation is the next sure. step. So
1: be interesting to see what they get out of Hep in the AFL as yeah. well. Because we've seen so nothing of him, right? So, um, uh, if he if he can have a good outing there, and that puts him in, where will where do you think he starts next year? Is that a West Michigan?
0: I think I think he'll start at West Michigan. It really depends on what he does in his If he like blows people away, like I know Jeff Pontus of Baseball America and a lot of other people were big on him when he got drafted. If he can go in and really. Make a statement in Arizona follow you could see him start in Erie, but I honestly think that West Michigan might be they might just slow do a slow ramp up because he's coming back from injury
1: right, and he doesn't have to be there long if he looks good yeah so no it's gonna be fun I, I you know it's as I said earlier it, it's it's always sad to see the season wind down, but you know the Tigers are playing with some purpose it looks like they're having fun and they're winning they're, they're they, and it's always hard to read body language, but they look like they expect to win the last couple of weeks, you know, when when they're on the ball field. And so they're going to end on a high note, playing pretty well. I think it's going to be a pretty active offseason. I cannot imagine Scott Harris is as reserved this offseason as he was last offseason. I think there's going to be a lot of action this year. I'd be really surprised if there wasn't. Yeah, because, I mean... You know, Jeff,
0: him and Jeff Greenberg are going to work the same way that him and Fahi work in San Francisco, like the kind of synchronicity among just being on the same page with everything. So they've worked together with the Cubs. I was talked about a little bit. Talk about Baez, and I don't know why people were just getting so Baez might opt out, and there's a certain like, oh, well, good riddance. And it's just, again, I'm I. that's another podcast for another day. I, Baez admitted that he tried everything and didn't work, and then there's people still giving him crap about it. I, I don't understand
1: yeah it's it is ridiculous it's just you know some signings don't work, and that's just yeah. how it is um, he still you know he could he rebound potentially, but it may just end up being something they gotta eat, and that's just how it is. It's nothing worth getting upset about
0: yeah there is a there's a thing too where. Um One of the things that I, I, I thought that was interesting too, that was coming out of the press conference, is or like by the way, the Tigers w- just went final. They are they won seven to three. They're seventy six and eighty three. They are in second place. They're as Cody Staberhagen said at the athletic. They are <coughs> excuse me, thirty seven and thirty three in the second half. They are seventy four and seventy four since their two and nine start. That's a good that's a good one. post. Wow. And so you wonder about the health what could have been so um
1: yeah oh yeah i mean if, if riley green was healthy a little bit more this year if they could have got let's say they got 140 games out of him instead of 99 right uh, uh you know we had to wait a long time to get school back you know if that you know if he'd been around for most of the year could this team have chased after the twins i think you can make that argument
0: yeah, I mean, you could. There's a thing where I I think that, you know, looking at. Sorry, I was just, just distracted there for a moment. One of the things you could look at for the. For as far as the twins go, too, is you have what to do similar with Brian Bucks. And I wrote about this, too, about Riley Green and what the lessons they're going to learn with Riley Green and how they play him going forward. Because. When Brian Buxton is taking cortisone shots and your manager is telling you essentially he can't be on the field, yeah. that's a problem. And I think the Tigers can take a lesson and learn and do the opposite of what the Twins are doing now. And so um, I like what Javi Baez said here in our chat. He says, Harris's first offseason was similar to Theo's first in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I I, I look at it this way, it just, and just knowing being going to these games and getting down there quite a bit he really was assessing everything. I mean, if you, mm-hmm. if you look at it quietly in a standpoint of for the first time ever, you hear about the player development list when a tiger when a, a player would struggle and you all of a sudden they're sent to the, they're, they're sent away to Lakeland in the player development list. And so you, well, what's that all about? And instead of struggling through a minor league season, they were sent down there and they worked on their worked on whatever, but there was you bring, you saw this too. There was players that were in the system for a while, just slowly just kind of go away mm-hmm. and filter out. And I think Harris really had to look at it's either you shape up or you're out. And there's not, there's not this uh, thing of contention or not the thing of contention, but this, it's not stagnant anymore. You, per- mm. you
1: either perform or you get out. Yep. Makes sense. That's the way to be. I mean, yeah. Uh you know we made that you know t- people talked all the time about how Al would let guys kind of hang around and hang around and hang around
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but it was i mean it's also um it, it's a thing too where if okay there is a, a, a fundamental time either the put rot like roster fodder if you will or just the to, to place a roster versus okay How's he going to actually contribute i mean for example i look at gage workman as a, as an example of this too where gage workman they now had him exclusively batting on the left side but this was a battle this was a battle for him going back and forth to be a switch hitter and, and then mm-hmm. you saw some progress and then he would strike out and have a golden sabrero so now it's now you take a position of strength like the pitching and and go from there and see what they can possibly pull off a trade i i think you're right though i think there's going to be a lot of movement whether it's going to be i I know there's some people expecting because so much money is coming off the books free agent signing but looking at the free agent class it's 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 slim picking so i think the tigers will have to get creative trade wise so that's where i think greenberg will come in with his baseball experience and look at some of the uh, they do a lot of data diving so that will probably be again just like
1: without saying it goes without saying that it's just going to be part of what they do they need to have you know every 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 avenue needs to be open teams say that every year very few do it um when we say it's a weak free agent class that doesn't mean they're all they all suck i mean there's probably a player or two there that they need to target and go after and that's fine i keep going back to i've seen it now in three different places People saying that the players that are looking to come out of both Japan and Korea this year its one of the best years that people can remember in terms of the the breadth of players available. It would be nice to see the Tigers knock on that door for a change and not just participate, but actually get somebody uh, that they like. And, you know, all of a sudden get an infusion of talent out of Asia that uh, has typically never happened.
0: Yeah, that would be, and I know that they've talked about, like, they've been in talks about that last year. They were, I, I believe, they are in Taiwan. They were, I believe, in Taiwan in Winter League last year. They were looking around. There was a, rumors about them being tied to a Japanese player or a Taiwanese player, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, they signed a Cuban, uh, 16-year-old Cuban, so that, yeah, that. The extra money that they, uh, by the way, shout out to uh, Francis Romero over at he does a really good job covering Cuban prospects. Uh gentleman originally from Cuba now lives in Miami and has done a, a fantastic job of covering the, the the whole prospect scene down there. Samuel Sanchez, that's who they signed for. three hundred fifty thousand yep. dollars So he's uh he's a guy who's gonna be in the he's in the Dominican Republic right now. And so uh hard exit velocity. But yeah, Francis Romero does a really, really good job. Um he does writing. He's also a, there's uh, a book on the dream versus reality of Cuban baseball too. That's in, It's all in Spanish, but if you get an English translation of the book, it's really good. Mm. highly recommend it. So, but uh, yeah, um, there is a, a, you get creative Uper. I mean, if we're, and we'll eventually break yep. that down too. And, and, and there is some free agents on the, on the, on the pitching side of things. Uh, Javi Baez has, has indicated, and that's true but i don't know um if i really think they should go after another bat i mean i really really want mm-hmm. I, I, I think it would be ideal for the tigers to pursue another power bat
1: no question about it i mean that that would be the number one priority for me the obviously position who they have it's it you're probably looking at what second baseman or an outfielder um depending who they want to play at third, if it's going to be Colt Keith or where they want to play him, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, And, you know, does the trade open up a spot that we don't even know about right now? You know, if, if Lynn Henning is right (laughs) and they trade Tarek Scuble, you know, who else is going to go? I mean, is is Kerry Carpenter involved in a deal? I mean, there's just a lot of things that could happen this winter. If this is, I guess as hairy as people are speculating.
0: Yeah, there's, there's. i was just saying, like, there's. You can build off the buzz of them finishing second place. There's a lot of things you can build into momentum-wise, and who they have at the front office does help. I mean, if you look at somebody mentioned the Diamondbacks, their their Diamond their Double A affiliate also won the mm-hmm. I believe it's the Southern League title. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So. There's a lot. I mean, Lakeland made the playoffs of course without a lot of pitching staff. I mean, the, the pitching in Lakeland was less than ideal, to put it lightly. So um, Juan Soto might be available. Do the Tigers have the players require acquire him? Uh eh, I would say eh because...
1: Two years of fun- control left, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, obviously a fantastic player. Okay. Um, maybe not a great defender, but he's He's a four hundred plus on base guy, five hundred plus slugging guy. Those aren't you don't find those guys standing around in the corner too often, right? Right. So, <laughs> um. Oh, what what would it take to get him? You know, I mean, we, we'll speculate about that all winter long. But you know, what is? Would you give up? Oh man, two years. I wish it was three.
0: Yeah, but then again, would he? it would be a guarantee that he would come here in the first place. I mean, there was just a, was
1: he having no trade? No,
0: I, no, no. I don't think he has a no trade cause, but just, there's just a lot of things that I like factor into. I'm not saying like, not like what, you know, what about us? I'm not saying that at all, but it's also like a, a thing where you look at it as, okay, do the tigers are going, if the tigers are going to make this trade, is it going to be worth their while to have like, look, I mean, would anybody love to have Juan so in their lineup? Absolutely. But is he going to be a fan of coming to Detroit where he yeah. might prefer being a Yankee or, you know how that goes. There's yep. always going to be that kind of like, well, <laughs> East coast, uh, he prefers the West coast. Those things will, will come out eventually. So if, look, well, stranger things have happened, but maybe the Tigers, like it, it was the case in point where the Tigers probably have some guys in mind when they made that trade to the Phillies for the prospect for the Taiwanese second baseman, yep, who was uh, for that they were looking at him. They had him in mind for a while, and they've been scouting him really hard. So they could be looking at guys right now that fit their profile. They fit that kind of what they want to do. Maybe they, they maybe they see Soto that way. I don't know, but it's it, they're keeping it very close to the vest. So John joining us here on we're the amazing. Motor City Metrics midday show. Midday we're show. We're talking
2: itself. about. Trading for Juan Soto is that what we're? Yeah, that's somebody
0: about? brought that up in the oh. uh, chat.
2: Isn't he a free okay, agent Tar, after? Tarek Tar, Scubo and Jace Young
1: for Juan Soto. What do you got?
2: No, I, Tarek Scubo. Tarek, isn't Juan Soto a free agent after next season though? No,
1: two, two more years. Two,
0: two more years. And enough with this Derek, Tarek Scubo talk. By the way, <laughs> he's been the best pitcher in the second half of the season. I don't want like I am. You know, like the narrative that. I'm so sick. Like I know it's the, it's a Lynn Henning narrative. Trade your best pitcher for p- people. Look, I can sit here and tell you, based off the Tigers' development mis- machine, yes, they can develop pitching. But why would you trade the best left-handed pitching prospect the Tigers have had since Mickey Lohlich? Well, you
1: got what? Three years of control of Scuba left. Three yeah. or four. Yeah. I think it's but three. Yeah. Three.
0: Three. Yeah.
1: They got three years to him. He's had two surgeries. He's had a Tommy John in his past. He just had a arm surgery last year. Um, he's looked very dominant lately. That's no question. Um, but you're getting back one of the, you know, easily one of the 10 best hitters in baseball. I don't know. I could um, think of other
0: opportunities too. If you're going to trade Tarek Skubal, I would want to, I want a guy who is on the cusp. That's going to be production. It's going to give you like a guy that that you look at a roster right now and you look at somebody like Baltimore. Like Baltimore's got a ton of prospects, a ton of guys that are under a lot of control. And Derek Scoobble for them could be the difference maker between them and a World Series. I'm looking at a team like Baltimore. I'm looking, you, you look at them and go, okay, who do they have? Because they can't make room for all these guys.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I, I look at a team like the Texas Rangers, who this year looks like they're going to win the AL West. Last year, they were in a similar position to the Tigers. I don't think they won as many games as the Tigers uh, did this year. But, you know, they went out and made some big free agent signings. And with the Tigers having all that cap space, you look at those two big signings of Marcus Semien and, and Corey Seager. And me and you have talked about this, about the Tigers needing one or two, you know, impact bats in the middle of their lineup. I really wish there was a a player like that or a player or two like that in free agency for the Detroit Tigers. But as we've all looked at the free agent class, I just don't know if that impact star level bat is going to be there in free agency. So it looks like the Tigers are going to have to get creative in some way, whether it be on the trade market. Um, But yeah, it just doesn't look like that impact middle of the order star player is going to be available in free agency.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a couple pictures they can go with to, if they wanted to, in terms of like for pitching depth, but again, I, I think you just have to look at a team that's on the cusp and what do they need? W- what does a team like, for example, what does the Astros need to keep themselves going competitively next year? And if you're going to trade Scoobble, if that's the route the Tigers are going to take, make it worth your while, really just, it's just, I, I don't want to just want this half-ass well, let's just trade Schubel for a bunch of prospects. No, no, no. I want. I, I would like. To, I think Detroit has the position to go. Okay, we want to trade for X, Y, and Z. And if you don't meet these demands, then that's it. If we're go, if you if you want to go that route, if you want to go that trade Tarek Schubel route, make it worth your while and do not settle because, I mean, again, there was there was indication like whoever they were going to get from the Dodgers was going to help them out. So I think the Tigers again. They're going to look at maybe even team like even Seattle. I mean, right now, if you look at the let's look at the playoff picture for a moment here in the in the American League. So you're, you look at the standings. So Baltimore, pretty much, yeah, Baltimore, Tampa, Minnesota, all have clinched, and right now Seattle is in. A, they're playing a home series against that. Like I watched that game uh, Wednesday,
2: mm-hmm. Wednesday
0: night after. They had it on in the uh, press box or in the uh, skybox, and it's been a really good series. And some jackass threw a ball at uh,
1: George Kirby.
0: Uh, yeah. Which idiot? Brutal, brutal. But Seattle right now is in the thick of things. As far as I mean, they're in the wild card hunt, but you know, see how they're going to fare this year. If Seattle does make it in the postseason, they have enough. Their pitching staff's really good right now as it stands, but maybe they want Tarek Skubal. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I don't like playing the games of what if right now because
1: it's just, it's still, it's still a season left. Indul- indulge me one more time here, Raj, on what okay. if. Envision, if you will, a left-right-left of Riley Green, Torkelson, Juan Soto, all under the age of 25 years old Ugh. in your 2-3-4 spot in your lineup every stinking day for the next couple of years that's, assuming that's Riley a ti- Green can play every day for the next couple of years but anyway <laughs> that's an offense i mean you got an offense cooking there that's a tigers that's a tigers fan wet
0: dream that's like the <laughs> that's a trade that happens when you put on the show you play MLB the show and that's one of the trades you want to do right away that's that's a that's a video game like fantasy and
1: <laughs> i don't
0: like i'm, I'm maybe the i'm uh, yeah. the the grouch of the group, if you will, but I like to leave things in the basis of reality. When, whenever Chris th- comes back, I know Chris would agree with me and just go, uh you know,
1: like I, I don't know. Like it's yeah, oh, uh, living in, you uh, can't uh, always I, live in reality I, land. I yeah,
2: <laughs> I would just say wait till free agency. Like, I, I'm not for trading all our entire farm system and our, our pitcher who looks like he's a Cy Young level pitcher in entire school. Just wait a couple years in free agency, like. The Tigers are still really young. Like Torkelson, this is only his second year. Like, we got time. I think that's the one thing I'm I'm thinking of and noticing is a lot of people want to win the division next year, but we have time. We have a lot of good prospects. Scott Harris is. I feel like he's completely turned this farm system around. And really <laughs> let's <elevated.
0: laughs> <laughs> okay. Let, let me let's just uh, wait, wait, wait. Let's stop right here. Let me stop you right there. Scott Harris mm-hmm. is getting a lot of credit for his farm system, but it's not Scott Harris. Scott Harris deserves some credit. Yes, no doubt. The Ryan Garko. Yeah. Gabe Rivas. All these guys in player development deserve the credit. Harris has just overseen the whole thing. And they were Al Avila hires. (laughs) And whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not going to do this Avila thing or anything like that. But it's them putting systems into place. That's it. There's systems in place that have never been like, like, again, covering the system since 2018 it is night and day when you talk about players basically saying oh yeah the nutrition's better and just simply that like that's the first thing they say so what's the biggest change the nutrition that's i mean yeah it's huge yeah huge so again i just want to make this clear crystal clear there's other people besides sky harris deserves the, the credit gabe rivas ryan garko who Ryan Garco should get all the credit. There's a lot of they've done a lot of things between him and Robert and Robin Lung, the new assistant Tigers pitching coach. It's a whole team thing. That farm system has improved leaps and bounds based off of these guys. Before we start last year, we started to see the, the the little things with it with Kerry Carpenter and the pitching. And like I said, there's an article I just posted about the stats. But sorry, John, I'm just wanted to make sure. No, it's not just Guy Harris.
2: No, we're all, we're all learning. You come to this podcast to learn something and we're all always learning something, but I mean, you mentioned Kerry Carpenter. I think, I don't know if you guys have touched on that yet. Are you guys fully on the Kerry Carpenter board? Do you really think he's going to be here for the next, let's say six to eight years? Do you really believe he's going to be this impact level bat in the middle of the order? Is there enough sample size there to where you're ready to, you know, label him as a middle of the order bat for the next five years or so. You know, what's interesting to me, he's in a bit of a homer drought right now. It's been quite a while
1: since his last home run, but he's kept his batting average up around 288 and he's getting on base. Uh, I think that's actually a good sign that, you know, he's gone through this little stretch with without a lot of extra base power, but he's still contributing uh, without the home runs. I think that gives us some sign that they can continue to count on him at least through next year uh, and give him that first shot at a spot in the lineup, unless the deal comes that, you know, they want to move him more. I would say this, he's not to the point where he's untouchable, right? Where it's unassailable that no one could beat him out for a job next year. Sure they could. He's, you know, he's not that proven, but I think that he has gotten through the year uh, where he has contributed enough, where they, they can feel pretty comfortable with what with, what they've seen.
2: Yeah, and as I'm coming up with topics on the fly here, Raj, uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Andy Ibanez, I, I want your thoughts on Andy Ibanez as the Detroit Tigers' starting second baseman next year. Because the more I the more I look into it, Andy Ibanez as the Tigers starting second baseman next year would not be the worst thing in the world. Wrong. <laughs> Look
0: at the numbers, man. What do you do with Cole Keith, then? What do you do with Cole Keith? You're going to let him sit down in Toledo again? Wrong! No. No. No, John. No. <laughs> I'm just you can keep saying, him as a utility man. player, but... You're wrong! Do not... You, you have Cole Keith. You have right. you have enough with Jace Young to even consider him a possibility of starting second base. He's getting time at third in the Arizona Fall League. There yep. are reasons that are... Pretty clear. The Tigers are considering everything. I'm sorry, John. I just, I love Andy. I I love Banias. He's a fellow Cubano and I have nothing to respect for him, but this time you're very, I
2: just just think he's so underrated. Like his OPS is 20 points lower than Spencer Torkelson's. And Torkelson is getting all this praise when Andy Abanias has almost been just as good a hitter as Spencer Torkelson. I just, I just feel like he needs credit. credit. I've I've
1: been on the Andy Abanias train. We had this discussion a few weeks back. And I just looked up his numbers before the show. Actually, I was after he got that uh, uh, base hit for an RBI tonight. Um, he's a good player. I, I think you know he's a he's a league average bat. Uh, he plays several positions. Uh, I, I like the guy. I really do. If, if you know, we had this discussion, I think we said McKinstry short or Abania is who are you keeping. I took Abania's first all day long in that threesome. Uh, but I think he is. I, I I I go with Raj 100%. He's a utility guy. He's a guy you're going to keep on your bench and you can play a bunch of different places and he's never going to embarrass you in the field and he can hit a little bit. Um, You know, he played that kind of role this year and he got into 109 games and I could see that happening again next year, just not as a
2: starter. Yeah. Just the depth you have in the infield, like Raj mentioned, Cole, Keith, Chase Young, Abanez. I don't really see McKinstry playing a big role next year. It seems like the infield, it's kind of figuring itself out a little bit, but I still think they're going to need an impact bat that could be very well an outfielder or a a DH as as we, as we've talked about on on previous podcasts.
0: Yeah. Again, just one of those things where I I just look at the fact that the, the the Tigers are in a position where they can kind of look at bringing somebody up eternally. And so I, I, again, nothing against any Baez. Uh, Baez has done a very good job of, you know, being the being the guy who's um, been able to anything AJ Hinch has done, and same thing with ne- Tyler Nevin's done a, yeah. a pretty bang up job too since being called up. So yeah. there's a lot of things you can sit here and say, but it's at the same time. I, I you know you still have to figure out exactly what you're going to do also with Justin Henry Malloy, and so yeah, uh, yeah. And I would agree with old BK in here. He says they need multiple impact bats, 29th in OPS and 29th in run scored. No, this, there's sometimes where this offense is either feast or famine. And a lot of times it was famine. It was a lot of, trust me, the power, compared to last year, and last year was atrocious. I mean, it was, it was one of the worst hitting teams of all time. All Painful. time. Painful. 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 You, you, were, you were absolutely correct. Painful.
2: Painful. Yeah, Painful. It, just, it just feels like they need a star. Like, honestly, they just need that guy they can put in the middle of the order that can just produce for them and be that guy for them. I mean, we've so used to Miguel Cabrera being that guy since 2008. It, I, like, we love Torkelson. We love Green. We love Kerry Carpenter. It just doesn't seem like they're there yet. And who knows if they'll ever get there. I, I think a lot of people have faith in Torkelson being that middle of the order guy that can carry a lineup. It seems like they have the depth pieces like a like Jake Rogers. I think Parker Meadows is showing a lot with his kind of, resurgence over these last 15 games is hitting 286. It seems like they have those guys on the fringe. They just need that that one guy they can just stick in the middle of the order and take pressure off all these young guys and be that guy for them. Yeah. Uh, there's,
1: you know, the Tigers from 12 through 26 on the roster, they can put together 12 through 26. They need stars in 1 through 11. I mean, you know, that's kind of what they need to develop. They need premium talent. Hopefully Colt Keith is one of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, under it, you could, again, you have options on what you could do, what you could do there. You could have options on there's flexibility heading this off season.
2: Oh, and I feel well, like just like the trade chips they have too. Like you saw a guy like Sawyer Gibson long, is he a highly touted prospect? Is he a top 100 prospect? Is he a blue chip prospect? No, but he's definitely shown some things. And I think, There's some teams that are going to be interested in him. You have a guy like Reese Olsen. We have some young bats that we've talked about. It feels like when we were talking about this last year, it feels like it was, there was not much to trade. It feels like the the cupboards were very empty. It doesn't feel that way anymore. It feels like the tigers have a lot of trade ships. They have a lot of options. They built a lot of depth. And I think that just goes to show you that the progress that's been made over the last year. Yeah. We just
1: talked about that before you got here, John, they should be active this winter. They, they have, they have, you know, they, they have the young stars who are on their verge uh, and they have some depth now to deal from. Uh, they should be active. It should be a fun winter. I, I I would be stunned if it's as quiet as last year.
0: Yeah. If, and if it's stunned, if I, well, excuse me, if it's really quiet, then you have every right to complain. You have every right to say what you want to say and, and, and be as angry as you need to be, really. <laughs> Honestly, like that to me, would be, it would be a shame because it's just like, well, what would you guys do? If you say, well, we improved. Like last year, you can, or this offseason, you can look at some of the things the Tigers have done and go, okay, you know what? They did do this. They they did, for example, they addressed the minor league in terms of nutrition. They improved the lights. They did little things that are cosmetic. A lot of people were like, didn't see that as a big, consequence like that didn't really move the needle for him but in reality i mean they're going in the locker room uh they changed the locker room up they made the facility they modernized a lot of things they really did yeah and so that stuff is not seen on the surface but it makes the players
1: a lot more happy it's what winning organizations do i don't
0: know why i said happy happier
1: it's what winning organizations do right they they take care of details you know, gum wrappers don't sit on the steps. They get picked up, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Details matter, and they're starting to finally hit some of that. And, and I love hearing those stories because, yeah, you're right. Better locker room doesn't sound like it's going to produce better players, but you know what? It produces a better organization. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I see
2: it. I mean, yeah, just looking at the standings, it looks like the Tiger, I mean. I'm not going to say this is a big series against the Guardians by any means but the Tigers are playing for second place if, if that means anything to anybody which me and Ubert talked about it it's it's crazy cuz we t- I mean there were people talking about the Tigers being the worst team in this division and now we're talking about them finishing in second place and how they need to have a big offseason so they can realistically contend for the division in 2024. I mean people
0: were saying that they were going to be last place cuz I didn't I, yeah. I didn't th- I didn't think that. I thought that I J- thought maybe Juper? fourth place. You
2: first?
0: No. I don't think Was you
2: that you first?
0: No.
1: I don't know about worst. I mean, I knew the Royals weren't, weren't great either, yeah. you know. I, I had the Tigers at 66 wins, I think, right? 67, something like that. So they've blown past that. They, they, they did better. I'll give them that much. Yeah. No question.
0: Yeah. There's a uh, – I look at it this way. I look at the fact that here they are. It's going to be – this series is kind of like, uh, I think – Interesting in in a lot of ways, first and foremost, because obviously with Miguel Cabrera, and we're going to, we'll be doing a whole show about Miguel Cabrera next week. There's just, there's not enough time to do one today, but obviously Miguel Cabrera's last homestand. Also Terry Francona is retiring after the season. And I was telling you this earlier, John, when I was coming back from Cleveland la- or Erie last night, I was driving through Cleveland and they had thank you Tito on a bunch of the billboards on, uh, on the Ohio turnpike. So they, that's going to be uh that's going to be interesting for the, Guardians because the Guardians have gotten a lot he's done a lot of maximizing the most out of his players at least in my opinion he's I think he's the best manager one of the best managers
1: in the American League period yeah. I would say you have to say that you have to give that much to him no question
0: yeah uh, John what I mean what do you, what about you man
2: in terms of Terry Francona yeah uh I mean I I know he's been with the guardians or the indians before that ever since i've started watching he's played a big role on that team uh those teams in the the mid 2010s that made the world series obviously um he's one of the most well-known managers in baseball i feel like in you know with all this turnover with these managers i feel like he's a pretty well-known name in major league baseball and yeah he's gonna be pretty well missed there uh, the reason I was I was on my phone is I just saw there was an update or a tweet from John Heyman that said it was like Eduardo Rodriguez is like or looking to opt out or something. I'm trying to find it right here, but I, I got a little bit distracted by that. But and yeah, in terms of the the Guardians series, and in, in terms of the Guardians just in general, I mean it, it's the same old story with them. They have the elite pitching. They've developed some guys like Gavin Williams. You have Tristan McKenzie still. Uh, Shane Bieber still hanging around there as well. For them, it's just about offensively. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see. I don't expect them to spend a lot of money this offseason uh, to try to win in 2024. But it seems like the Guardians are always a team that bounces back in some way. They're always finding ways to get better. I mean, if you remember heading into 2022, nobody thought they were winning the division. Nobody thought they were a winning baseball team. So they're always a very sneaky organization, I feel like, in They'll find a way to win, and it seems like they have over these last um, however many years Terry Francona has been at the helm for.
1: You know, it'd be interesting. I don't know if Terry Francona's is a drinking man or not, right? But it would be fun to get him late at night and be a couple of whiskeys in and ask him, would you have liked to have been at a team that spent some money down the stretch that could have got you the bat you needed here and there uh, to really make a difference? Because you came so close with an with ownership that doesn't do a whole lot, you know? Um, what what the answer would be would be very fascinating because he seems very comfortable in, Houston, in Cleveland, always has, you know? Uh, you know, they, they love him there, uh, and he seems happy. But, uh, again, they, you know, so many years where they, they let us, they traded away stars and didn't really bring in a whole lot to help him out, and he made do with a lot less than some, uh, you know, does that wear on you after a while? Right,
2: Raj. I don't know if you saw this. Um, per John Heyman, Eduardo Rodriguez is expected to opt out of his three-year, forty-nine million dollars contract this offseason. You I see didn't that? see
0: that, but I'm not surprised. Again, it's the way I, I put this in my article for on on FanSided. The way he worded things, it's it, it, it's like corporate talk. When you hear and when you get in the corporate world, there's a lot of times they use buzzwords or certain things where it's non-committal, and you're like, what would he just say? Or what they, or what did she say? Same thing. I, I, am not surprised. To me, it just makes sense because he was, he's going to be the top dog in the market. He's going to command a lot of money and watch Baltimore. I don't know. Baltimore is really. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) OBK. This is my shock face. And Yeah. yeah. I, I wish I could tell you guys the, the player that they were going to get from the Dodgers. I can't though. Um, but there was, yeah, there was going to get a catcher. Sure. That's, well, that's going to that's, that's piss people off. Trust me.
1: Well, we got Jake Rogers. And... That's, that's always going to be the, what if, you know, what if they could have swung the deal? Because otherwise the contract, when they signed him, I mean, the whole, the idea of a two year opt out was that he would have two good years. Tigers would get the most they could out of him, And he was probably going to go. Right. That was, that was the plan. The day they signed the contract. So that's how it's going to end up working out. Um, you know, we're always going to have that mystery of the trade that they missed out on. And that's unfortunate. But to be honest, since he's come back from the pulley injury, he's only been okay. He hasn't been great. He's got some good, he's had a couple great starts, but he hasn't been uh, night in night out a top pitcher and let's, Let's also be honest. He's missed significant parts of the last two seasons. He's not—he's not necessarily a soft tosser, but he's not a power arm either. He's going to be going into his thirties, three more years. Who knows what he does over the next three years? I—I I, I would have been fine if he stayed. They wouldn't have had a choice if he wanted to. But I—I um, I don't have too many resignations about him leaving. Yeah.
2: To me, if—if if he leaves for nothing then you have to replace him with a pitcher as equal value or better. Cause I feel like for Tigers span with all the money you're going to have in free agency and you not being able to capitalize on him at the trade deadline, you have to replace him in some way. And I, there are some pretty good free agent pitchers on the market. Sonny gray, be able to steal him from a division rival would be huge. Aaron Nola is, is going to get a lot of years and a lot of money, but, to me, if you're not bringing back Eduardo Rodriguez, which I, I agree with you, youper, he's 30 years old. He's been a little up and down. He He's bounced back pretty well from the injury, but he did have a couple of rough starts. I mean, this is arguably the best season of his career. Never really been that true ace. Never really been that true Cy Young level pitcher. I don't know if you really want to commit four or five years to him uh, when there's another pitcher on the market uh, that you can go out and sign that's Let's be honest, just another level better than him is just like Aaron Nola is a Cy Young level pitcher. Sonny Gray is a Cy Young level pitcher. I don't know if you can say that about Eduardo Rodriguez, but if you're, if you are to lose Eduardo Rodriguez this offseason, I feel like they need to replace him in, in some way.
0: Yeah. And I think they will. But again, I think it's also going to be based off how, in terms of like, uh, they're going to be creative about it. I really think they are. Um, yeah, and there's, and there's also, yeah, and Ray brought up the, an interesting point, Ray McConnell. If Leland retired one year earlier, that would have been interesting if Francona had managed last seasons of the contending Tigers. And I think there's truth to that because Francona was, he actually started his coaching career with the Tigers as a third base coach yeah. uh, under Buddy Bell, I believe in 95 was Buddy Bell's first year, or 96. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head right now.
1: Yeah, I think 95.
0: Yeah, I think it was, I think it was 95. But, uh, yeah, nevertheless. Also, um, so Chris from beyond, beyond, Chris Brown from beyond the social media platform. He gave me a really good stat. Star Gibson Long's 26 strikeouts are tied for the most ever by a Tigers pitcher through his first four career starts. Tied with the great Joe Sparma. Joe Sparma. Yeah. The 1960s.
1: Yeah. go way back.
0: Yeah. No idea. That's a, th- yeah. He was an Ohio State grad, by the way. So,
1: he was yeah. with the '68 Tigers.
0: Yeah, that's all you need to know. And you weren't even a glimmering. Your never mind. Okay, like, <laughs> no, oh, my oh, my
2: it. dad wasn't even born yet. Man. Your dad wasn't he born. Was. He wasn't born. He was, in born in, he was born in seventy. I all
1: wasn't right. even born in '68. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. Right, no, all right. Since none of us has been born, so there you go. Yeah. But, uh, no, nevertheless, the weekend series starts tomorrow against Cleveland, and then, yeah, Sunday is good. So I'll be down there all three games covering the game. What's I'll up be dude? down
2: there. I'll be down there Sunday, standing tickets. Okay. I don't know what that is, but we'll see. You, just, you kind of just stand on the outskirts, I guess, is what a standing ticket is? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, you'll be yeah, out there in the outfield by the you know, by the statues.
2: Yeah, it'll be fun. Let Maybe you'll Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> i will be fun. Can't wait. It'll be a good time.
0: Yeah, it'll be a very, very good time. Um, but yeah, there'll, I'll be I'll be out there, covering and, and sitting in the press box this weekend. It's been I've been focusing way too much. Well, not, not too much, but Erie's been top of mind because Erie's had a really good year, and I again want to thank everybody over there on the SeaWorld staff. Did a fantastic job of just being hospitable hosts providing uh, information and what have you. And so it's been, yeah, it was a great season to watch a lot of good baseball too. I mean, you saw the rise of Colt Keith just dominating. You saw Justice Big B come about. And so he's given the Tigers a lot to think about this off season.
1: And so. um, Well, I'll tell you, Raj, um, just, you know, for the coverage, a Tigers minor league report. And when we do talk about it here, and the connections that you have and how often you've been there. And Chris, uh, it's given, I think, anybody who listens to this show a much closer connection to that championship of that team than they normally would have had. So that's been really fun. And it was it was fun having you there this week uh, with the reports that you were sending out. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I, I much appreciate it. And Yeah, you're right. I, I, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been great. And again, it wasn't for some of the, some of the inside, I've built a lot of inside knowledge to or insider knowledge and stuff like that, that I've been able to share here and there. And uh, it's been a great resource and I'm beyond grateful for it. And hopefully, again, if you want to contribute a couple of shackles to the Tiger Miley report, there is a PayPal link on our pinned to our Twitter account. So you want to go there and, or you go to our website, you can find it just, yeah, if you want to great. If you don't, you know, I was so, so funny because, um, I, I was just telling you, John, that the e rules covered my trip on Tuesday completely, and so they didn't have to do that. It was very nice of them, and yeah, it was, it was again one of the better experiences I've had in my life. It was the first time I ever covered a championship team like that, and so the go behind the scenes and, and then getting the champagne a little bit when it was spraying everywhere, and watching these guys just after the, uh, the, the culmination of just all the hard work that got put into it. So and hey, Perry, you're absolutely right. Yes. Joe Sparma was one. Well, I mean, he was, I guess from my understanding, from what I was reading that Sparma was kind of like a very even keel guy. He didn't get up, he didn't get too down. He was kind of like a, yeah, I guess he had a lot of, pro- um, really a, a lot of promise. And I guess from my understanding, didn't live up to what fans have expected him to, but anyway, Also, make sure you go to get all the sea. I just got to plug the sea wolves because it's important. They have all their merch online starting on Saturday. So, if you want to get your championship merch, go to the Erie Sea Wolves uh, website and check that out. And uh, they'll have all the sizes available and all that stuff. So, by all means, I mean, I I don't know. I might be a merch whore right now with I'm wearing, but uh, you know, it is what it is. That's right. <laughs> so, but on that note uh, Yeah, we'll be back probably, more, more likely Monday or Tuesday we'll be doing a show As the season's over and we have None of the time, we'll be talking postseason two. So we'll be around for the postseason Damn I can't man. wait for that to happen So yeah, we'll be back Uh, Probably Monday or Tuesday, like I said, just gotta figure out The logistics of it all, but yeah Sit back and watch the Lions and Packers
2: tonight Oh, I wanted score prediction I wanted to ask you guys Lions and Packers? Yeah We got, we got Packers guy, Lions guy <sighs> Honestly, John,
0: I haven't really been paying attention all week with, like, injuries and all that stuff. But I think the Lions win by, Lions win by a touchdown. I, I really – it's as generic as possible with that because I just
1: don't – yeah. I haven't had a chance to really check it out. Lions have the more veteran quarterback. I always kind of lean there in big games. Uh, Packer offensive line is beat to hell. Uh, they put Bakhtiari on the, D, on the injured reserve today. I predicted Lions 26-14. All fourteen. All right. Well, if we're going by scores, then I think.
0: All right, I'm gonna go Lions. Lions twenty one, Packers ten. There you go. That's just as generic as it sounds.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Just I think Jameer Gibbs getting a touchdown would be cool, but I don't know. That's about. That's all I got. Honestly, <laughs> I'd rather see Miguel hit another homer. Get yeah, Melot
1: yeah. Mel- this weekend.
2: That'd be that'd be. Uh, Something that would make me pretty happy. Yeah, I'll take that. O- over a Lions win any day of the week, honestly. Which I'm <laughs> yeah. Probably not supposed to. But
0: Yeah, so old BK, by the way, it says Lions 24, Packers 13. So we'll back, like I said, we'll back early next week, and we'll give you the offseason schedule. There's going to be – we're going to make some – we're going to be doing some shows. We're going to be doing some flashbacks to some older teams. We're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to – oh, next Thursday, by the way, is uh, just for – you guys don't know this, but I just want to announce it. We're going to be doing a discord show. So I have a couple guys from our discord. So it's just going to be a round table of discord people as I'm hosting guys that are uh, Tigers discord have been nice. moderators. Uh, Cam Cameron would be one of them too, but we'll see if he has anything going on, but thank you again for tuning in this afternoon as the tigers sweep the Royals and we'll more than likely have a chance of battle for second place this weekend. <laughs> As Miguel Cabrera calls it a career. For myself, Uper and John, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night everybody. And yeah, and the Lucy Lou, my dog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's who